Welcome to the Six Pillars podcast, lifting the lid on the vision to make grain a $6 billion industry by 2030. For the grains industry blueprint to achieve its 2030 target, it's supported by six focus areas, otherwise known as pillars. The infrastructure pillar is slightly different from the other pillars in the way that it reads, stating, South Australia will have a roadmap of desirable and useful infrastructure opportunities for investors in the grain industry. Jonathan Wilson is the manager of the Blueprint and he joined me in the GPSA studio. I put it to him that the infrastructure pillar seems more aspirational as opposed to spelling out exactly what is needed. What we looked at with this is that you know, there's lots of different commercial proponents for various port opportunities. Ultimately, what we tried to do is try to take a step back and say, what are the things that we will need in South Australia? So if you look at our kind of broad infrastructure aims, is we want to get people spending half a billion dollars, say, of public or private investment into infrastructure here. Now, that infrastructure could be Uh, If we look at the chicken meat story, it could be around a processing facility, it could be around a a hatchery, it could be around chicken sheds or so on, but equally it could be around investment into uh, on-farm storage, it could be investment into a new port, it could be, you know, there's lots of different places that that could go into. So we, we wanted to actually put an overarching aim for the quantum of investment we're looking. We then looked at where do we see the industry in terms of the bottlenecks one of them is around the road infrastructure one of the things we put down is that for a facility that holds or takes a hundred thousand tons of grain in a year whether that's a port or whether that's an end user whether it's a, a storage facility we need to have a minimum level of access for trucks so we've used 53 and a half meters as the minimum So that has to have an ability to go from the farm to that facility or from facility to facility in that size truck because that's where we see that efficiency getting to. Would we like more? Yes, we would, but we think that's a realistic outcome. For every single route, we think we should be having 36 and a half metre access. So we're we're talking about significantly increasing the volume on the back of a truck. So we're, we're reducing the amount of truck movements but we are increasing the volume on the truck. We think that's also really important where we've seen in the last kind of two or three or four years uh, in terms of the grain on on rail. So those are some of the things that we're trying to push towards in the physical aspect. From a port point of view, one of our key advantages that was highlighted by Escoza is the counter-cyclical nature of our grain. So we are producing grain when the Northern Hemisphere is not. So we have an opportunity between December and June where we are the essentially the only game in town so that's when we really need to get our crop out onto the market ultimately we need to have the ability to put our full export program out onto the market between December and June not saying that we need another port not saying we don't just saying this is what we need to do now we can do the underlying S&D work uh, and that will give us some other answers, but that's not where we've come to in this pillar. We're just saying, look, here's the desirable outcome we're looking for. It's up to then the trade to go and come up and say, well, look, on the Air Peninsula, we are 200,000 tonnes a month short or 200,000 tonnes a month long of capacity. That then will inform either the new proponents or the existing proponents of their relative position. A lot of this pillar seems to be about attracting investment. And is that... Also in this environment, looking for different ways of doing things. The T-Port model with the transshipper is 
an example of a new way of attracting investment to develop infrastructure rather than waiting for somebody to come along and put half a billion dollars in mm. a port. Yes, when, when you take that, the, the different way of thinking about our investments is really important for us. The T-Port example is clearly one that's being done at a port level. If you look at it from a grower point of view, you're actually seeing growers investing in on-farm storage in places that has never really thought about on-farm storage before. So why is it that growers are making that decision? They're putting actual real-life money into an investment on-farm in places that they haven't traditionally done it. So we're actually seeing the grower doing some of that. How then do we attract that same level of interest from the commercial space, from the the public investment space? Some of that will be around the physical pathway of getting grain to market, whether that's through the roads or the rail or the ports. And then it's also the physical investment in the actual market part itself, whether that's in the production. And it's also in the investment in the information space. And that's around the the connectivity. We spoke about the expected reduction in the labour pool in regional areas. So then how do we then manage that? We need to manage that around our connectivity. So that's one aspect. Ultimately, what we're trying to do is we're trying to find ways to make the work of everyone in the industry more efficient you know, and that's around better decision making, around quicker decision making, around taking out the the vagaries. I did a tour earlier on this year with uh, guys from the CFS, and they were talking about how growers have to take their calculations to see whether they're allowed to harvest or not. I would say that not many people in the city understand that. I was certainly one of them. Been in the industry 15 years, it never occurred to me they had to go into the shade of a tree, then they have to go and stand a particular distance up, multiply by 12, divide by 17, carry the one, add three. So incredibly complicated. I see as a vision for us for 2030 is that every individual area has its own weather sensor that gives the growers an app, harvest or don't harvest. Now, what we've got is we've got huge areas that have given the same go or no go information and you've got different weather networks within those so you're one person on the coast will be getting one answer one guy on the other side of the hill will be getting the same answer even though the environment is totally different and that creates an inefficiency so we want to find ways that we're actually getting better weather information and that better weather information will have benefits for everyone in the community so one of the things we think we should get is a, another tier one weather station in the southern part of the air peninsula so you could if you've got a grower sitting at ungara or kakalichi they've got to make a decision based off the uh, weather one station at uh, sejuna or one over here in selix hill so having something in the southern part of the air peninsula would be really important and i think actually would fit in well with lots of other industries over there as well so those are the sort of big picture things that we're looking at how do we get the connectivity how do we get the information How do we get the grain physically to market and what are the opportunities for that investment in new markets? If you talk about the infrastructure, that's what we're talking about. Jonathan Wilson, Blueprint Manager. Thank you for joining me in the GPSA studio. You're welcome.